Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Who is excited to be in the house of the Lord? Half of us. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord? Yes. Amen. Ah, what a joy it is to be in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Wow. 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 I want to, before I proceed with anything, I see the Kabasuk and Nina Anatoly, and I see that looks like their mom arrived, so uh, from Ukraine last night. So we got another celebration. Come on. <laughs> Sophia, right? Sofia, Соня, добро пожаловать. Мы вас приветствуем. Мы очень рады, что вы с нами. И мы вас сильно любим. И мы за вас уже молились. Today I'm going to preach in Russian. <laughs> oh, I am so excited. You know, um, I don't know if it's the coffee, it's the Holy Spirit, but I do feel like it's from the Holy Spirit. I feel like a piece of my chunk of my heart is just going to detach because I believe the Lord has prepared a word for us today, and I'm just so excited to be in the presence of God. Say it if you could with me. Say, my heart is open. My mind is ready. Make me better, God. By your word, I receive it. I believe it. I won't be the same again. I won't be offended at my pastor. <laughs> so help me, God. <laughs> In Jesus' name, <laughs> amen, amen, hallelujah. I want to open up straight to John chapter 8, starting at verse 1. We're going to land in verse 11. If you don't have your Bible, you don't have your phone, you can just look up on the screen. I encourage you to take notes if you'd like. A lot of times it's such an amazing thing because we hear words and sometimes like just prophetic words over us, and it's so important to write them down. To remind ourselves when the God is touching our hearts, when God is speaking through his word, and he always does. He always speaks through his words. Amen. So right there. But Jesus went to the mountain of olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. So they're setting them up. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, of Moses, in the law Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now, what do you have to say? I, I love Jesus' demeanor. You want quiet on them, right? This is an act of brilliance. He didn't engage the argument. He didn't react. He gave them a chance, you know, to ponder, like, are you sure? Because if you pay attention, the law of Moses says that both commit adultery, both need to be a man and a woman need to be, you know, stoned technically. So they already, he's like, are you sure? Like, you know, he's just standing there. And it says in verse 6, they were using this question to tr as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with a finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down 
and wrote on the ground. At this, those who hear, heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she answered. Then neither do I condemn you. Go now, Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Today I want to talk about how to free yourself from shame and regaining your confidence. Everybody wants confidence, right? In life, so look at your neighbor. <laughs> you know I'm going to do that. <laughs> and tell them the title of my message and say, shame off you. <laughs> Turn to your least favorite neighbor now. Say, shame off you. <laughs> now say, shame off me. Come on. Hallelujah. Who's excited to hear what the Lord is going to speak through that? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So in this last line of the text, Jesus deals with three different kinds of shame that is commonly known to us. And first one is the shame of sin, then the shame of someone, and the shame of self. Most common ones that impact us directly in our relationship with God. And when he says to her, where are your accusers? He's pretty much setting her free from shame of other people, right? This is where he deals with the shame of someone else. Then he shifts gears and says, neither do I condemn you. He didn't say you haven't sinned, right? He said, I'm not condemning you for your sin. And that's where he dealt with the shame of sin. So he directly dealt with shame of sin in there. Then he said to her, go now and leave your life of sin, right? So he wasn't saying you're going to go and live a perfect life now, right? He was saying you now have access and a hope to repentance, right? You have access to righteousness pretty much. Basically setting her free from self-condemnation. This is where he dealt with shame of self, all right? Shame of sin. I want to talk about that. We're going to talk into those three points. First one, the shame of sin. To overcome the shame of sin, and I wrote that down for you right there underneath. To overcome the shame of sin, focus on the sufficiency of your salvation. Okay? We often forget the importance of what our salvation is. You have to know the power of your salvation and what Jesus has done on the cross for you, right? And today I want to encourage you, rather than being sin-minded, be salvation-minded, okay? If you're going to get free of shame, you cannot continue to be focused on your sin, to continue to focus on your past. So what do you focus on, right? You focus on power of your salvation. And how many are thankful <laughs> for the power that has set you free that put your feet on solid ground, that set you free from that condemnation, right? Anybody thankful here today for that? Come on. He has given us our salvation. Come on. Hallelujah. I regularly remind myself, Vic, you are saved. I encourage myself in the Lord. I say, Vic, you are saved by the blood of Jesus. I think Ryan is ready to preach with me. I was excited. He always says, Papa, I'm your little pastor. <laughs> I said, that's right. <laughs> he's getting, he's testing the waters. He's getting used to the public early. But I always encourage myself, and I encourage my kids as well. I say, you mighty man of God. Just what Pastor Mark did to me when I was a kid, <laughs> right? 
You catch what you're close to. So I remind regularly myself, Vic, you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Vic, salvation is yours, right? Salvation is mine. Say it with me. Say, salvation is mine. Ah, we're going to get engaged today. We're all born into sin nature. We know that, right? Starting when we were little babies. By the way, I didn't fully understand what being born into sin means until I became a parent, until I started having kids. <laughs> I mean, look at the little babies, right? I have the youngest one, Lev, who runs around here a year and a half. Well, he's not even in a half year, but he's just turned one recently. Um, but babies, man, I mean, they steal. They take stuff that's not theirs. Did you notice that, right? They don't care. They just grab it. Babies even hit people. <laughs> the same people that feed them. <laughs> Last month, approximately, I don't remember exactly, but like I saw Lev, my youngest boy Lev, just, just swung at Larissa, you know. So I grabbed him, and I looked straight into his eyes, and I said, Lev, we don't hit people. <laughs> It looked like he was getting it for a moment. Like, you know, he got that look in his eyes. And next thing I know, I get a right hook. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> right in my face. And, of course, I spanked him through his thick, huggy diapers. Yeah. But <laughs> I didn't fully understand, you know. But I'm like, Lord, it's like, wow, they're even from the little age, you know. Like, they take a, some kind of screwdriver. They're trying to put stuff in the, in the plug-in. And things like that. It's just like, it's amazing to watch, you know. And kids, you know, and I love that. In so, so many ways, Lord is like, hey, you have to be like children. Your simplicity needs to be like children. Because, for example, I'll bring you an example why you should be simple before the Lord. You should come to him freely and openly. He loves because he's standing with his arms wide open, right? Kids don't care if you're talking to a governor or president. They're just going to come in and be like, I need to speak to my dad. <laughs> Again, and I believe that's the kind of heart that God wants us to have when it comes to approaching God, right? Any time. But overall, though, we humans are selfish. You know, we're, we're just in sin. We're born into sin by nature, right? It doesn't take much to look at the kid. It's like, it's mine. Mine. Me, my, me, mine. It's always about me, right? Then they grow, and they start learning from right, from wrong, and... And that's when shame begins to accumulate and grow over time. So you might be in this moment right now immediately like going to your younger childhood and remembering some of those moments, right? Because most of all have accumulated shame over the course of our life. Many of us went to church from an early age and we learned that God has high standards. This is where you hear about like 10 commandments, right? That's not 10 suggestions, by the way, right? <laughs> Those are 10 commandments. So here's God's standard, and here's where we're at, right, in our own sinful nature. So we have this gap. I want us to make sure we kind of visually see that. Because we all have failed, okay? Because even Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? So, and what begins to happen in this gap is we start accumulating shame with time. And this is where the battle is. It's the difference between our awareness of sin and the gift of righteousness. Okay, I want us to fully understand that today. Holy Spirit, help me explain that. To overcome the shame of sin, I have to know the power of my salvation. I have to understand how I was redeemed, right? There was a significant price that was paid for me. The power of my salvation. Isaiah 12.3 says, With joy you will draw water from where? From the wells of salvation, right? 
Our problem starts when we, need, when we get down and discouraged for not measuring up to standards of God. And Satan's really good at sneaking in in there with con- condemnation. So we take our focus off the power of salvation and we focus on the power of sin. Maybe we don't fully understand that right now, but that's what happens. We all just sort of like, well, there's sin, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I keep sinning. Our focus, when it's taken off the power of salvation, we immediately, Satan wants us to focus on something. He always replaces something, right? And so what he does is he immediately brings you to your sin. He just wants to stop that connection. We talked last three weeks about, right, the power of connection, being on the vine. We're the branches. He wants to disconnect you from God, from the presence of God okay so the moment if we even look at Peter right if this will bring you an analogy he started walking on water which is amazing I always give credit where credit is due because a lot of times we focus just oh Peter fell (laughs) he started sinking the fact that he was walking on the water is pretty remarkable okay so but the moment he took his focus off Jesus the one that saves (laughs) the salvation right he began to sing. So, and this is what happens in our life. The moment we take our focus of what the Lord has done and the power of the cross, right? So, Isaiah says, draw water from where? Wells of salvation, right? So, it's like, keep coming back. Keep coming back to that well, to that source, amen? Thank God I have something to come back to. Thank God that I have a source of my salvation. Every time I can run freely, like a kid just walks in the door and says, Dad, I need to speak to you. He will always welcome you with his loving arms. Amen? And this is where people often mistake because it says with joy, right? Because oftentimes people get mix up joy with happiness, okay? I want to say it like this. Joy is much deeper than happiness, all right? Happiness is a knockoff of joy, <laughs> to be the best described. Um, happiness is often conditional, like joy is not. Happiness is often rooted in uh, the outcomes, right? Like if, the, if I have a positive income, I'm happy. Just got a bonus today. I just had the day off. I'm going on vacation, right? Yeah. And then what happens? Like the vacation, let's say, cancels or something, flights cancel. There goes my happiness, right? But joy that comes from the Lord... <laughs> is unconditional you can have joy in the midst of pain you can have joy in the midst of a struggle you can have peace and it says peace that transcends all understanding peace that doesn't make sense it's like why you just lost somebody and you have peace and you have joy all right david says it like this in psalms 51 12 he knew he talked about source right restore to me the joy of your salvation he understood that's the root right and grant me a willing spirit to do what to sustain me you sustain because of your salvation in the Lord amen so you sustain when you remain in them we just talked about sustain to remain right he is your source he is your well and today I'm like Lord I am gonna draw from the well of my salvation I'm going to draw some mercy. I'm going to draw some righteousness. I'm going to draw that peace that doesn't make sense, that surpasses all understanding. Amen? So to overcome shame, you must understand the power of your salvation. I like to say it like this. Salvation brings conviction, which leads to restoration. Right? Shame brings condemnation, which, which leads to isolation. Okay? That's what happens. Shame tells you that 
We are sinners. Salvation reminds you that you have a Savior, right? Shame tells you that God is disappointed. Salvation says he has provided a Savior, right? And when you focus on the power of your salvation, it leads to your restoration. But shame, shame is what takes you and it leads you to condemnation, okay? It just condemns you. It's that condemning spirit. But, but, Romans 8, I love when there's scripture, but there's moments of that. Romans 8, 1 says, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you remain in him, the condemnation has no power over you. Amen? But we have to believe that. We got to refocus. Amen? Say refocus. refocus. Hallelujah. That's why I need to keep coming back to that well. He's the source that sustains me, amen? He's the well of my salvation. Hallelujah. I want to use an example. Sir Jeffrey, I'll just pick on you because you're all the way in the back. <laughs> I'll pick on my wife, but my wife is interpreting. That's why, by the way, if you're ever at church and you hear the continuous mumbling, it's an interpretation because people are like, who's talking the whole service? <laughs> the message is so good. Somebody's talking. No, I'm yeah, you got to build yourself up, right? All right, Serge, if you can stand right there. <laughs> All right, we want to make sure because not much room here. But um, anyways, we all know this. Yeah, most people can see it, right? $100. You want this, right? <laughs> right? How about, how about now? Sure. Right? Okay. <laughs> Well, how about now? Doesn't change the thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can throw this bill down, right? Beat it up. Chew on it. <laughs> Nothing destroys its value, right? <laughs> there you go. Do you still want it? But I'm saying while you, while you see it, right? You still want it, all right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'll straighten it out for you, brother. I realized I stomped on it, then put it in my mouth. You know what? My shoes are that clean. <laughs> Here you go, brother. That's for you. Lord bless you. <laughs> you can, you're free, brother. You're free to go. Thanks for buying water this morning. I told you I'll repay it. <laughs> That's why you come to church, folks, <laughs> to get paid. <laughs> Watch next Sunday service. <laughs> People just come in and sit in the front row like, pick me. Right. I just want us to understand that your value doesn't change because of what you've been through. A lot of times that's how we see it, you know. You look back in your life, you look at those moments, you look through the divorce, you look at the, the loss that you went through. Right? And the Lord is like, my value of you doesn't change. Right? So today, I'm so thankful <laughs> for the joy of my salvation. Come on, church. Right? How many are thankful that the joy of the Lord is your strength? That he has redeemed you. It didn't matter what position you came from. It doesn't matter how trampled, beat down you were. Right? God sees value in me so much. Right? Look at this beautiful verse in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. 
For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man. So this is talking about Adam. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and what? And the gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on. He gives us the gift of righteousness through salvation. Lord, help me understand this today in a deeper level. Let me explain what righteousness is. Okay? Righteousness is a gift of right standing before God. All right? By faith through Jesus. He is the only way. Okay? That's why he gave his only son to, to make that connection, right? By ourselves, we'll not be able to stand without our, my best righteousness on the best days of filthy rags. I'm telling you. But when Jesus came and the blood washes over me, God sees me righteous. He sees me pure. Amen? It's a gift. It's a gift. Say, it's a gift. Hallelujah. Justified is God seeing you just as if you have never sinned. After you've been picked, you know, picked on, poked at, beat up, dragged down, maybe you went through a bunch of courts, whatever it may be, right? God still picks you up and says, you've never lost your value to me. Man, today I just, I'm telling you, the Lord's going to reveal that, remind you of the power of your salvation. Amen? Amen. Humans don't have that ability, but God does, <laughs> right? To value you doesn't, regardless of your past. So we all know that sin has consequences, obviously. We all know that there's a harvest coming. I'm not denying that. But I'm talking about how God sees us and what happens when we understand the power of our salvation, okay? So this is how we deal with the shame of sin, by focusing on our salvation, right? What was done on the cross. Amen. The second form of shame that I've talked about, the shame of someone, right? Very popular one. To, and to live free of this, right? Focus on forgiving others and God's approval of you. Let me read that again. To live free of this, focus on forgiving others and God's approval of you. That's if you want to live free from the shame of others. I don't know about you, but, you know, believe it or not, it's going to come. It's going to try to knock on our door. Shame, people are going to try to tell us, right? You're going to have it. Most of us felt the shame of other people. I did, certainly, many times. Ever heard of that phrase, shame on you? <laughs> right? Or you ought to be ashamed of yourself, right? And it usually came, you know, from adults, and it could come from anybody, people your age and things like that, when one falls and all of a sudden we feel more righteous and we say, shame on you, right? Um, it's usually, we're trying to make a point across to want to make sure it gets to someone, right? It's like a wake-up call. By the way, if you're a parent, never say that. <laughs> never say that. Leave the word shame out of your vocabulary. <laughs> it's just too big of a word and a burden to bear. But we all heard that phrase, right? So we're living in a time where people are just shaming others more than ever, right? Um, and it's so interesting that everything has shifted so much that this world is shaming morality yeah. and promoting immorality. It's like... If you're a 
white, straight, male, Christian, you're attacked. It's, it's true. <laughs> it just happens. It's like if you believe in the values of family, if you believe of raising your children, right, <laughs> you're attacked. You're shamed. We see that, you know, Christianity is publicly shamed. But what's even more sad, and I want to point that out, is when Christians attack other Christians. They attack other pastors. Yes, Lord, forgive us. They attack other people. They don't like the other churches and how they do it. And believe it or not, my heart is grieved. And I always stand by that. Because everybody will give an account before the Lord. Amen? So I'm thinking, how much more, Lord, is your heart grieved you know, when you see your children doing that. Like as a parent, like I just, I can't imagine. When I see one of the worst things is seeing two of my kids fight. And there's so little. It just grieves you. You're just like, guys, we're on the same team here, right? We're one family. Yes, people sometimes fall off and start believing in interesting views. But guess what? They will answer that before God. You're not responsible for that. You're responsible for your salvation, amen? Focus on your salvation, amen? So... There's so much criticism, and I think that we've never needed to know God's approval more than we do right now, to understand what God thinks of me. Not what someone else thinks of me, but what does God think of me, right? God may not approve of what you've done, but God approves of you and who you are in Him. You see that? Because he called you out of the darkness and brought you into the glorious light, right? It says that while we were yet sinners, Christ came and he died for us. While we were yet sinners. If you've ever been shamed by someone else, if you're living in the memory of those words, right? Perhaps I'm speaking to you and right now you're just that moment, right? People that shamed you, people that humiliated you, reduced you. I'm trying to equip you, y'all. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming from my own experience of the things that I've dealt with. Today, I want to help you how to overcome and forgive those that shamed you, all right? You got to let it go. You got to let it go. <laughs> let it go. Can you say it with me? Say, let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go and focus on God's approval of you, amen? Next time you're feeling that, say, Lord, I am loved by you. I matter to you, Lord, right? Yeah. I haven't lost my value to you. Even though so-and-so said this about me, Lord, what matters is my approval of you, your approval of me, Lord, right? So, and I like to say it like this, because whatever you agree with, you empower, okay? So will you allow other people's approvals to guide you? And a lot of times, people's approvals, they themselves are struggling. And the moment you understand that a lot of those people that spew hate or is troubled, it's coming out of pain. They don't have that freedom that you have. They have not been redeemed by the, the love of the Lord. And the moment you understand and you put on the lens of Christ, the more you acknowledge God in all of your ways, the more you begin to understand and see there are people left and right that are dying around you, and you'd be less reactive and you'd be more responsive instead rather than be like, oh, they cut me off, or they can't believe they flipped me off. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch up and just give them, give them that one of those holy stares. You know, things like that. We can, just, we can get caught in that. Whatever you agree with, you empower. Okay, so next time someone reminds you of your shame, Remind them who you are in Christ, right? I'm a new creation. First, Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. <laughs> the old has gone; the new is here." 
You can say, I've been forgiven. Next time somebody tries to shame you. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sin no more. I mean, Jesus is like, there was no sin. What sin are you talking about, son? You are coming through that door of Jesus Christ. Come on. Psalms 32.1, blessed is the one whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Oh, my sin is covered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next time somebody tries to shame you, say, I am righteous, right? 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So God, this is how you become righteous. This is how God looks at you. Because he who had no sin became sin for us so that in him who might become the righteousness of God. We have become the righteousness of God. And the more I understand the depths of my salvation, the more confidently I can walk in confidence in God. Amen? Because you empower what you agree with. And if you're empowering your thoughts of your previous stuff and the pains and the hurts, guess what? You're empowering them. The Lord is like, hey, you want to sustain? Remain in me. Focus on me. Amen? Let me extend that thought for a little bit. For everyone who follows God in their life. I believe that all of us here are following or wanting to follow the Lord, right? Sometimes doing the right thing means not receiving approval of others, okay? Like in some Muslim countries, and I know my brothers and sisters in Christ who have accepted Jesus Christ into their lives, but the law, Sharia law in the Muslim nations is like, well, deserve death pretty much, right? By their own siblings, it costs them. It's a price to pay, right? So often, doing the right thing means not receiving approval of others. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that. But here's what I'm saying. The more you care about what God thinks, the less you're worried about what people say. Okay? Okay? So you're, because you're grounded in Christ, right? You're, that's where your confidence is coming from. So I like to say, move away from the peer pressure and move to God's measure. All right, from peer pressure to God's measure of teenagers, young ones, you're hearing this message. That word is for you. I believe all of this is for you, but you know, shame off you, shame off you because you have been redeemed. Amen. Some people say, like, you're still going to church, talking about shame. All right, Christianity is shame, still going to church, still giving to church. All they want is your money. Bunch of hypocrites. And I, like, I, I love to respond to somebody who says, church is like, and I got to minister to the person who was an atheist. It was at a garage sale. <laughs> at, the, at the end of that conversation, the fellow's like, where should I start reading the scripture? Where would you suggest? <laughs> it's amazing how it can happen. <laughs> Just because somebody has doubt doesn't mean they don't have a belief. In fact, doubt oftentimes is a doorway that I like to say for the belief and faith in God. And I remember him saying, bunch of hypocrites, bunch of... I was like, church is for the sick. Jesus said, I came for the sick, not the healthy. Yeah. Now, you're not supposed to remain there, obviously. When you come to the hospital, you're going to get better. <laughs> you're going to get right medicine. You're going to receive the right words. Sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes it's going to cut. But we're going to cut that bacteria out. That anger that you had and you couldn't get rid of for a while. Holy Spirit's like, I'm going to help you out with that. You know, this truth sets people free. Amen. Amen. So you are walking in the light, and the truth of God is to help you, to remain, to sustain you. Amen. 
Because next time, if you're getting hated by it or for following Christ or for like deciding to make a decision like, hey, I will not watch certain movies. I will not do certain things. I will not say certain words. I will not be around certain people because I'm a righteousness of God. Remind this, first, first for, uh, 1 Corinthians 4.10, the first part says, we are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. Okay, so it's like upside down kingdom. Jesus said, you're going to be hated. Guess what? Everything they did to them, if you're truly following me, guess what? Don't be surprised. But look at this, 1 Corinthians 1.27. So we're fools for Christ. Yay. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Come on. I just want to encourage you that today. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Because ultimately, even the person that has a lot of authority and stuff like that, and could be, you know, throwing their authority around, and maybe they're so successful and everything, like, ultimately, it's going to come to the point where we're facing death. As soon as the struggle hits, all of a sudden, we're like, what's going to happen after? All of a sudden, people start, like, holding on to their life, doing everything they can, right? But it's amazing. And you'll be amazed that, hey, the person one time who talks smack at you at work, now all of a sudden is approaching you and is like, can you pray for me? Like, do you believe in this thing, God, if he's up there? It's amazing to watch that because, guess what? Do not be surprised. That's going to happen in your life more and more often as you continue to grow in the Lord. Because guess what? Everybody is facing difficulties. Everybody's going to come and have to give an account before God, right? And as soon as things start shaking in their life, people start running and looking up. They're like, okay, I was looking at the wrong thing, right? But the deeper you go, the more you'll grow, but the more, and the more God is part of everything you think, say, and do, that's the fear of God, whatever you think, say, and do, right? And the more people in this world will shame you because Jesus said, hey, it happened to me. It will happen to you. Don't be surprised. So to live free of shame of someone, focus on forgiving others. And this is what, focus on God's approval of you. Amen? What matters is what God says about me. Amen? That's how you deal with the shame of someone. And the third one, the last one, is shame of self. And I love to say that to live free of this, focus on forgiving yourself and being confident in who God is and who he says you are. Amen. Amen. That is a good word. Praise God. To live free of this, focus on forgiving yourself and being confident in who God is and who he says you are, not who your broke friends say you are. <laughs> I don't mean that in any negative way. You know what I understand. A lot of times you're getting shamed by the people that are struggling with the same thing. They just, we're actually, we, we recognize, and a lot of times a person reacts to something, says, how, how dare you? How dare you? You know, like they, they try to shame you. It's because oftentimes people struggle with the same thing, and they recognize it pretty quick. So next time, just be aware of that. Just saying. All right? We were just talking about forgiving others, but sometimes we become our own worst enemy. <laughs> Guilty, right? We're harder on ourselves than anybody else. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but to be free of shame, self, you have to focus on forgiving yourself. And you have to focus on who you are in God, right? It doesn't mean you get arrogant. It doesn't mean you're full of pride and you're just arrogant. You know, you're just walking around like, I don't need no mentors, right? I don't need nobody to speak into my life. No, that's not true. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being free of self-condemnation, shame of self, okay? And then this week, 
I did more studying on the shame. <laughs> Man, it's a heavy thing. It's such a heavy thing. It's like regret, sorrow, embarrassment, disappointment, failure, all wrapped in one. Shame isn't shameful of shaming you, <laughs> right? It makes you feel like a failure. It makes you uh, just, it puts you down. It tears you down. It, tears, it goes after your confidence, you know, you, have made, you may have made a mistake a long time ago, but I just keep stomping away. And the moment you remember that, oh, it's like, ugh. It's like you're about to die. You just feel that in your gut, right? So, but you have to, during those moments, stay confident to know who you are in God, right? Because you have to encourage yourself. Read through Psalms. If you ever talk about somebody who knows how to encourage themselves, who is talking to himself, like Pep talked to himself, it was David, who's always like, I can imagine him looking in the mirror all the time. Why are you troubled? Why are you troubled, David? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Yeah. <laughs> right? Though my enemies will surround you. But you, David, right? David was good at encouraging himself. Why? Because his confidence didn't come from circumstances. His confidence came from God. Right? Because whenever he would look at himself, he knew that how powerful God is in him. Not about his scrolls, because he did plenty of mistakes too. There's a moment in David's life, in the first Samuel, chapter 30, um, when David and his men came to Ziklag, okay? There's this incredible story. I mean, it's hard. While him and his men were away fighting another battle, uh, the enemy came and destroyed everything. They took everything, their wives, their kids, and took them captive, right? So, but Ziklag was a place where David felt a lot of shame. There's a lot of people who are putting like, you're a king, you're a leader. How could you allow this to happen, yeah. right? But look at this, just a couple of, you can read that chapter, it's phenomenal. But I'm just going to bring a couple of verses from there. It says, so David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. You say, men don't cry. Pfft, David, this warrior. I mean, imagine this. He has no clue at that moment, like, what's going to happen. You may be living in your life right now, situation you're like, or that might hit you on Tuesday. May it not happen. I'm just saying, you never know, right? We don't, tomorrow's not guaranteed. But I mean, like, they wept with men, and they had like, until no strength left to weep, right? It says, um, but then it comes to the point, right? It says that where he found his strength in God. And this is what I'm trying to say. Look at this in the verse 6, 1 Samuel 36. Uh, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. <laughs> this is your king, right? Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. So, I mean, people give up. You know, they'll do everything, some crazy things. You touch my gears, I'm going to kill you, right, kind of thing. And here it is. David's feeling the shame, right? But I love the, the end of that verse, right? It says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Amen? Amen. How long are you going to beat yourself up? You're looking back in your life. And how, God is saying, how long are you going to beat yourself up, right? What good does it do dwelling on the past, Right? How long will you let enemy to sell, tell you that you're worthless? To tell you that you're no good person? You're not a good friend? You're not a good parent? You're not a good spouse? How long will you allow that to go on in your mind, right? I remember a couple of years ago, me and Larissa went dip netting to Kenai. We lost, we lost, uh, for a moment, Alita was just playing. We're here on the sand. You know, she's playing in the sand and and then one moment, like, we look, and, like, Alita's gone. <laughs> okay, so Larissa's looking for her. And then I started looking for her. And then some people that were next to us, 
they started looking for her, and then like we eventually found her just playing with another kids. Like in, I think they were in the car or something. I don't remember exactly, but it was like, but I remember that moment of just like me and my wife looking at each other, kind of like, like, like failed. <laughs> How could we allow this to happen? And then last year, on my seven-year anniversary with my wife, we went dip netting because that's what people do on their anniversary. They go to dip netting. <laughs> Not that big of a fish. I just want to get my fish, get in and get out kind of thing. But then on the way back, those that have been in the church, they know that. I fell asleep behind the wheel. Oh, man. My wife was with me and our son Ryan this time was with us. But... I remember after that, and I totaled my truck, and by God's miracle, I crossed the median, you know, I flew off, ran over the creek, I mean, my truck of the frame, I had to knock out a few trees, my frame of the truck was bent, it was totaled, anyways, but after that shock, everything happened, everything like that, and then looking back at that moment, I remember just in being in shock, and then after that, coming to my senses, and then dealing with self-shame. Like, how could you allow this to happen, Vic? Man, you're not a good husband. You might be looking at your situation like maybe in your marriage. Maybe you've done something, and it, it caused a serious effect on your life. And you're just like, how could you do that, right? right. Man, and I thought about it. And, and it, the thing is, something about the shame of self, it, man, it attacks you and escalates it really, really quick. It got to the point where I couldn't ha- had a hard time falling asleep. I... You know, when seeing counselors about this and nothing helped me. Like, I just like, and I would get to the point where, like, you're falling asleep. You're like, how do I know I'm not driving? Am I in this world? Like, it's just gotten so weird, right? And I finally was like, God, I'm like, please help me. Because everybody's like, it's normal. It's going to last for all. I was like, no, I don't want it. <laughs> Lord, if you are almighty, Lord, you can help me. But I remember running to the Lord and just saying, God, if you don't help me, I just, it's just going to eat at me. It's going to kill me. So that's what shame does. It escalates pretty quick to the like, places where you don't even imagine, right? If you don't catch it early. Maybe today you're sitting here and you've raised your kids to know God. Huh? And that and it hits you deep. You're like, did I fail as a parent? Did I do something wrong? Right? Why aren't they serving God? Whatever it may be. Today... You need to hear this message. And I believe this is coming straight from the throne of God. Quit shaming yourself. You can overcome shame, but not in your own strength. I couldn't overcome my own strength. If you did it in your own strength, God bless you. I hope it lasts for a long time. But you can definitely overcome shame. You can overcome anything with God, right? Because when you are connected to the source of your salvation, when you begin to focus on the source of your connection, you can take every thought captive. Right? Second Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sells itself up against the knowledge of God. So you're like, a lot of times you're like, you know, you know, you know. I know what I believe. But that pretension can still come and set itself you up against God. Like, oh, no, I'm a failure. And it's like, no, I'm not. There's this battle happening, right? It starts with your thoughts. Right? But it says, and we take captive every thought. Not some thoughts. It says every thought. Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Come on. I know that I can do that. There's people out there, you know, who wrote books on confidence who took their own life. There's people who wrote books on marriages and had many failed marriages. So next time 
you're thinking, well, they have it figured out and I don't. Let me tell you this. Shame doesn't care. <laughs> it's after everybody. Satan's after you. And one of his tools is to use shame. So he wanted to do that to kill that woman. And that's when Jesus steps in. He's like, yeah, I know all that. I know. Yeah. But he is the redeemer. Amen. Amen. So, but ultimately, shame is after your confidence. Because you know how it is. When people don't have confidence, they're just like, their heads down, right? And the reality is, we aren't good enough on our own, right? God never said, Vic, you're good enough on your own. Like, Vic, you're good. You got it. Take care, man. But that's why he sent his only son, because God is like, I cannot live behind the curtain no more in the temple of holies. I want my people to connect at any time to me. I want that door to be open. And I hope you see that today in the presence of God, that his door is always open to you. And the more that door is open to you, the more the presence of God rushes in. The more you understand who you are in Christ, not what other people say or anything like that, right? That's how, what we have in him. Amen? And one of the most powerful ways you can overcome shame is to live in the present, to understand what is right now before me, right? Not in the past, not in your failures, not in your regrets, right? Not even in tomorrow because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Because a lot of times people are like, yeah, we like to think about tomorrow. It's a beautiful place. It's a little vacation. We have to learn how to live in the present, amen? In right now. And what I do right now will impact my tomorrow, okay? What I do today will impact my future, not yesterday. You guys know about this song by yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away, although it looks like they're here to stay. Like, it's just it's such a depressing song. It's got a cool tune. I'm not going to give it to that. Like, it's great. But don't believe in yesterday, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And you will overcome yesterday, and he will give you strength to face tomorrow. Does that make sense? All right. Romans 8, 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death. So if you're allowing your mind to govern you, it's going to bring you back to those memories. It's going to bring you back to that pain. But it says by the mind governed by the spirit is what? Life and peace. That's where you're going to have a life and peace. And it's like, it doesn't matter what tomorrow is going to bring. Okay. If you'll see somebody that offended you, you're not going to try to ditch aisles, right? You're going to walk confidently. You're going to look forward and you say, God is my refuge. He's my strength, right? And that is the point of repentance. Repentance. Repentance is what empowers us to deal with the past and allows us to have peace in the present, all right, okay? And in the future. It allows us to continually draw from the well of the salvation. So next time you hit a bump, next time you did something, Snap at your kid. Catch yourself. Don't just say, ah, whatever, it happened. That's who I am. I was talking to my wife yesterday. I had a wonderful talk just over reflecting. Because you empower what you talk about, right? You can look, and trust me, seek and you'll find. You will find all the flaws in your husband or your wife. If you're looking for them, you will. They're there. <laughs> but guess what? You have those too. But that's the thing is a lot of times the moment we begin focusing on all the other things, not our attention is taken off of what has happened. You can look right now and say, I don't have that. I don't have my retirement plan. I don't have my 401k. Other people do. Other people have businesses, and I don't I'm a failure. Lord's like, no, no, no. Look up at me. Focus up here. <laughs> We're storing things in heavenly realms, right? Those treasures that are unexplainable. And it's like you are the treasure. You are within your earthly vessels. You carry that treasure, so you have something. 
You definitely have something very important, something powerful, something that gives you eternal life. Guess what? People will give up everything to live longer, to have an everlasting life, right? People are searching for that, but you have that treasure within you. And the more you focus on him, the more it's like a mirror. You see the reflection of God because, right, he has seated us in the heavenly realm. So you have the Lord reflecting back to you. says, that's not what I think of you because who you are in me is a lot greater than who you think of yourself. So next time shame creeps in, attack him with your confidence in God, right? Remind shame that you are the righteousness of God. And if your confidence is rooted in God, <laughs> oh, you can overcome anything. I want to just give you, I'll call it rapid fire on the way out. Give you just, just a boost of just scripture to remind you what God thinks of you. Let's go. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. Does it say some things? No. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. 2 Corinthians 3.5. Not that we are all sufficient in ourselves, because that's what it says. Like you're, I'm on your own self. Eh. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Come on. Psalm 27. Some trust chariots. Some trust Cherokees, some Ford, Chevys, investments, whatever. This is VF version, Victor Fauna version, sorry. And some in horses, but I mean, if you think about it, that's what they're talking about over there. It's just people had nice rides. That's what sustained you. Like, people had chariots. That's a big deal, right? Whatever it may be, put that in this. It says, some people trust in this. Whatever, whatever's people after today, some trust in their wealth, right? But guess what? Everybody's going to die. What's going to happen with that wealth? Summon horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 3.26. For the Lord will be your confidence. Oh, and will keep your foot from being caught. Amen. So our confidence is rooted in God. David knew that. He talked a lot about his confidence. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Man, I hope you are regaining your confidence in the Lord right now. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20 through 21. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. Scripture also says that the heart is deceitful. It's our emotions, a lot of things, right? But it says God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. <laughs> Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, remember, right? Satan's trying to condemn us. <laughs> he used condemnation. Holy Spirit convicts us. There's a big difference. Conviction versus condemnation. Conviction makes you run to the light. Makes you run to that restoration. It says, but look at this. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Hallelujah. Amen. Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at this last psalm I want to read over you. Let's stand for that if you can. I promise we're going to wrap it. If you can, physically. Psalms 27, 1 through 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I'm reading this over you. I want you to read it over yourself. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Um, who shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me. Because that's what happens, right? It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, man, if everybody's rising up against you, my heart will not fear, though the war will break out against me. I mean, we're talking about everybody's coming after you. Even then, I will be what? 
I will be confident. Amen? So no more shame of sin. No more shame of someone else. No more shame of self. Because Christ has already taken care of that, church. Christ has already taken care of that. So shame off you. I want this to ring in your ears. Shame off you. Say with me. Say, shame off you. Shame off me. Come on, say it with some confidence. <laughs> We're talking about that guy, right? Shame off you. And shame off me. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word. Father, I pray that today these words would ring in our spirit, Lord, and that our focus would change, Father God, from looking down to looking, to, from turning around, but to look forward, Father God, knowing that our confidence, our trust comes from you. Lord, I will not look down. I will look up to the hill because that's where my help comes from. From up high, Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Lord God, you know every struggle, Lord. You see every heart. There's a lot of pain that and shame that accumulated over the course of our life, Father God. And today, Holy Spirit, you're standing and you're knocking at the door freely. Say, will you let me in? Will you let me in into that door? The Holy Spirit wants to open it up. He wants to, to help. He wants to help you with that. But you have to let him in, right? It's always freely given. Father God, I just pray for all those that are struggling with any form of shame. Holy Spirit, if there's a shame of sin, if there's shame of someone else, Father God, if there's a shame of self, Lord, that we just cannot say, we cannot forgive ourselves. And we may have said that and claimed that. Holy Spirit, if that's the case then you're, you died for no reason but you did father god you died for the shame of myself lord without you lord i deserve that but holy spirit i just thank you that you have taken every shame lord and you're looking at me as your righteousness you're looking me looking and you're picking me up and you say lord that's my son that's my daughter and who I'm well pleased, and whom I'm well pleased. Holy Spirit, and I pray your peace that surpasses every understanding will just rest on every heart right now. Holy Spirit, thank you for this word. I pray for your strength. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to lock in this word, and that this seed, this word that we received, Lord, would bring forth fruit. And as we walk in this week, we will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we will not walk in shame, but we will walk in confidence that only comes from you, Lord. Hallelujah. The confidence that does not care about the circumstances, knowing that, Lord, you've got it all. <laughs> Lord, you already see my thoughts from far away. You already see 30 years what's going to happen right now, Lord. I'm going to continue to walk in you, in the confidence of your glory and in your righteousness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.